Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. This is 476 Barbary, right? Yeah, I'm renting this place. No, I booked it a month ago. Are you sure you have the right place? Yeah. What am I supposed to do? Why don't you come inside and we'll call these idiots. Why don't you just crash here? Oh, no. I don't know if you've got a great look at this neighborhood, but I don't think you should be out there by yourself. It's dry and there's a lock on the door. By the way, I'm Keith. Tess. You take the bedroom and I'll sleep out here on the couch. Bonus episode. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over. Culture push over pop culture. Leftovers. And uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers. This is a bonus episode talking two movies uh, Barbarian out now in theaters, as well as Medieval out now in theaters. First off, we're going to be talking about barbarian welcome jake what's up dude hey thanks for having me i'm excited to talk about this movie i can't wait to hear what you guys thought in the next review for medieval i just i don't want you to say a fucking thing okay jake can you do that yeah i got you i got you it'll be the quietest i've ever been on the podcast because you didn't watch it and i just want you to act as if you're like not even there okay i'm in awesome awesome but we're also joined by mr joe stark from Starkcast. welcome joe Hey, stoked to be here. We've got Melissa Sloter from the Wild Pretty Things podcast. Welcome, Melissa. Hello. Thank you for having me back. And 
the noisiest person I've ever met on any podcast, Mr. Shifton Tristan Brown. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. Always happy to be here, and I will not disappoint with the Shifton. We, we know you won't. I have a feeling in the Medieval Review, we're going to hear you shifting a lot, man. Hey, you, you know what? You have really good <laughs> fucking sense of predicting the future, and I'm pretty sure you're going sure to be right about that. I know. Tristan could never do what I'm going to do in the second half of this podcast. Never. I uh. dare you to be quiet, Jake. I dare you to not say shit during that review. <laughs> <laughs> We're now going to be talking about uh, the new horror film Barbarian, uh, directed by Zach Craig. I'm going to talk about that here in a moment, but... Uh, Barbarian, a young woman discovers the rental home she booked is already occupied by a stranger. Against her better judgment, she decides to spend the night, but soon discovers there's a lot more to fear than just an unexpected house guest. And um, this one stars Georgina Campbell, uh, Bill Skarsgård, yeah, Pennywise from It!, uh, Justin Long is in this movie, uh, and then even uh, Zach Kreger himself, the director, makes an appearance in this movie. I um, I was on Twitter and I posted that we were going to be reviewing this movie, Barbarian, and Zach Kreger, the director, liked my tweet, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And so I looked him up in this movie. And saw that he was one of the characters in the movie. And I, I just tweeted out again, like, holy shit, I didn't know that you were in this movie. I am so much more excited to watch this movie now because I've been a huge fan of you since The Whitest Kids You Know, which is one of my favorite comedy troops ever on TV. I'm a huge fan of that sketch comedy group that was on IFC for many years um, with uh, the late Trevor Moore who, uh, oh my God, I loved Trevor Moore and Zach Kreger on that show. But um, Trevor Moore, who passed away a couple of years ago, is tragic um, what happened to him. And the guys they did, like, after he passed away, the guys um, from The Whitest Kids You Know did like a, um, like, a, like a streaming Zoom call that they showed to like their fans and stuff talking about Trevor. And it was really sweet, but they, they didn't get into like how he died. They they made, they basically said that he was, I think they said that he sucked his dick and he like died that way. And it was, <laughs> and it was just, you got to understand, like, it's like the, the fact that they, they were able to like turn that into a joke was just the fact that they loved him so much and they know how, you know, how much of a jokester he was. And I just, I love those guys. I love the whitest kids, you know, they were just fantastic funny hilarious comedy group and you know we've seen like uh jordan peele lately you know coming from uh the you know sketch comedy and and you know putting his hat in the ring as a director and you know doing get out and then us and and the most recently nope and just like just crushing it as a director and I had no idea, even when I tweeted back at Zach Kreger, that he di- wrote and directed this. And then when I saw that his, after the movie ended and it said directed by Zach Kreger, I was like, holy shit, <laughs> Zach Kreger from The Whitest Kids You Know directed the movie that I just watched. 
And so it's it's really cool to see some of these guys with a comedy background uh, getting into directing and especially directing horror. I think it's 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 an interesting kind of you'd think that this guy would be like, I'm going to direct the next comedy, the next great comedy. But he's like, I'm going to direct the next horror. And I think it's fucking incredible. So we are going to be rating Barbarian. And if this is your first time listening, here's our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. I'm going to start off and just say that I absolutely loved this movie. And... um Yeah, uh, it's an absolute Tupperware for me. I thought it was just incredible. Um, I want to break it down a little bit more, but I absolutely loved it. Um, I'm going to pass it off to Jake. Jake, what did you think about Barbarian? Uh, I did not like Barbarian Barbarian very much at all. I'm going to go ahead and give it a low taste it. Um, I thought the first 30 minutes of it were, were actually pretty good. Um, but I don't know. Then after that, it just kind of fell apart for me. I thought it was unintentionally funny at parts. I saw it with a pretty big crowd and I felt like a lot of people, including myself, were laughing at inappropriate moments where the director may not have wanted us to laugh. Um, and I thought I normally really like Justin Long, but from the moment he's in the movie, it just kind of didn't do it for me. I thought he was a little bit of a cartoonish over the top d-bag character and i don't know i just didn't really care for that portrayal and i mean the the biggest sin to me is i i was just never really that scared past the uh first third of the movie i i may be on an island alone here but yeah this movie did not do much for me as far as horror goes all right yeah um joe what did you think yeah i i loved this movie it 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 knocked my socks off this is a total tupperware for me I'd been looking forward to this one since the very first trailer I saw. And one of the things that I loved about the trailer was it didn't give anything away beyond the first act. And it, it just set up the scenario that this this woman arrives on a dark rainy night at this house to find out there's another person staying there. And so she's already in this uncomfortable position. And then they go down to the basement and they find a hidden door in this creepy ass. I mean, like you couldn't find a more creepy room. <laughs> with this like nasty little cot in a in a camera on a tripod and a bucket on the floor and then a bloody handprint on the wall too like so creepy and then to find another secret door that goes like down into like like steps into darkness into what looks like like a rough hewn stone tunnel like fuck that like you couldn't pay me enough to go down in there and and just seeing that trailer one of the reasons it resonated with me is i have for as long as I can remember, had a recurring nightmare where I'm in an unfamiliar house and all of a sudden I find a secret room. And in that secret room, I find tunnels that go under the house. And there's just this, I've never found anything scary or anything, but just the the ominous tone of this dream is always what wakes me up. There's this enveloping unknown fear of like an unknown terror. And that's where this movie really fit the bill for me because I kept wondering what the fuck is down in those tunnels what is living under these tu- in these tunnels under the house? And, and I felt like the way that the movie kind of spoon-fed that to you, little bits at a time, 
you know, clear up towards the end of the movie, I kept wondering, like, what else is maybe down there? Because the thing that we know is down there is already terrifying enough. And the the way that they portrayed that, um, they really followed the good horror um, trick of of showing you less and getting more of an effect a, as a result. Um, like thinking specifically that that big glimpse we get where where, you know, she's reaching out the basement window with those clawed hands and that totally creepy almost mutated looking face and it was just horrifying and and i loved the way that they split this up into the different narratives i I felt like it made the runtime on this go by really well i I think the movie was pretty well plotted out right there and the performances in it were fantastic i loved the the ominous score um i think a good horror movie sets up an, an atmosphere of of terror and this movie did that for me like perfectly yeah. Oh God, your dream sounds like a nightmare. Too bad you can't like walk into that room, Joe, and just end up like in Narnia or something. You know? I wish that I. Well, I've had it so many times that it frustrates me. Where it's like, dude, you've you've never ever in your life actually encountered this. If all of a sudden you find some weird door in a basement, and it's always the same. It's a very low opening where I have to like get down on my hands and knees to peek through, and it's like yellow lit on the other side, like almost like lit by torches or something like that. And it's like, fuck that. I'm not crawling in there and going into these tunnels and seeing where they go. And it, but I, I wish I could just take control of it and turn it into lucid dreaming and be like, now I'm exploring the tunnels with a submachine gun. <laughs> <Something like that. laughs> I'm taking control of this dream. I, I'm a Kryptonian with a machine gun. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> Melissa. Nope. I'm just, I'm terrified, just terrified Joe in the dream. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, what did you think about Barbarian? Oh, I fucking loved it. It's a Tupperware. It is so funny. Like, I disagree with Jake. I think that this is intentionally funny. And I didn't realize that the writer-director did comedy before this, but that makes so much sense to me. Like, my theater was going from legit scared screaming to howling with laughter in like the span of 15 seconds over and over again. And it was just so fun. Like this is the, probably the most fun I've had in the theater all year. Oh yeah. My, I love this movie. my audience was great too. And then like, there were times where, you know, you know, walking down those steps and people are like, Oh my God, no, no. Uh, 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 just like the character was at first, you know, it was great. I had such a, I had a blast as well. Tristan, what'd you think? Oh yeah. I'm kind of in the middle of uh, Jake and you guys. Um, I really liked the film. Um, I think I didn't love it just because the characters did so many things that frustrated me. Um, the way that, Joe was thinking, you know, as far as like, fuck that, I'm not going down. There was exactly how I was thinking. And it just frustrated me how the main character would just push herself and go through these things, obviously for the sake of plot, but it just didn't make any logical sense. But I enjoyed the fuck out of the movie um, for the most part. I do feel, um, um, you know, as Jake said, I feel like the movie, in my opinion, just kind of went downhill a little bit when Justin Long got introduced like, I really liked that, like, loved it up until that point. And then I just kind of liked it after that, if that makes any sense. But, yeah, like, overall, like, it was a – it was a, it felt original. Um, the whole less is more uh, was effective. You know, it was, it was good to see, like, a, a fresh filmmaker uh, take his take on horror and, and give us something that was that, – that we hadn't seen before, that just didn't seem like something repetitive. So, yeah, it was a, it's about a, a high-tasted for me. A, a low high tasted, if that makes any sense. 
The, one of the most brilliant things that I thought that they did in this movie is, of course, you know, the main character uh, shows up at this, you know, uh, Airbnb and you get to see like the houses that are around them, but it's at night. Mm. And so you really don't get to see the location during the daylight. Now, when we do see it during the daylight, this is a part of uh, Detroit that has been, um, you know, people have basically left this area. And so like, it's, 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 it's a place where a lot of like, probably a lot of shady people are hanging out and doing drugs or whatever. We don't know. There's maybe a lot of crime going on there. It's just not a safe place to be. And like, these houses are all boarded up and shit there. It's just like the one house that's like been left there and it's an Airbnb. But um, she shows up and the guy that's staying that's been double booked at this Airbnb is played by Bill Skarsgård. He plays Keith. And I just thought it was brilliant to cast him in this role because it goes against everything that we know as horror fans about Bill Skarsgård. Oh, yeah. Because I agree. We are thinking this entire time that Bill Skarsgård is behind this because that's who he plays. He plays the villain. And so you're thinking that he came up with all of this, that, you know, he basically is double booking this for everyone. They show up in the house with him and then he's going to um, take them down into that room that Joe talked about with the mattress and the blood on the wall, the bloody handprint and the camera. And he's going to just do really bad things to people that show up there and uh yeah spoilers huge spoilers like yeah that's not the case like this is not our main villain and he ends up fucking meeting his demise in the in the in the in the tunnels that are uh then uh, uh excavated underneath this uh, in this house and i was just like that is brilliant to cast this guy like this is the one guy to cast that's going to be like a huge swerve. I thought like I had this movie mapped out. I was just like, it's him. It's him this whole time. Like, you know, when she's in her bedroom sleeping at night, when she does accept his offer to stay there and she's in her bedroom sleeping in that night and the door is open, I thought, oh yeah, it was fucking him. It was fucking him. And then he's having the nightmare. I'm just like, he's having a nightmare because he's a nightmare of a human being. Like, so, and I just Skarsgård was great. I, I loved the scene when when she tried to wake him up, and the way he acted that scene, like that, just made me even more confused as to whether or not he was on the level or not. Yeah, and I did yeah, love. The, I loved the first act. I loved yeah. Justin Long in this too. I loved that part too, where like there's like this hard cut, and we get like a. It feels like we're watching like the same movie, but following a different character, and then he kind of meets up with her later. I thought it was all great. I even loved the flashback to the eighties showing us like the origin of the original owner of the home, Frank and him abducting that young woman. And then, I mean, you can kind of put the, they spell it out for you later, but you can kind of put the pieces together from there that, you know, why we have like this, mutated woman running around yeah the second you see like the video that he grabs from like that dollar store in the yeah. flashback i was like oh fuck yeah I finally finally have some inkling of what this movie is going to do <laughs> <laughs> they cast that guy perfectly too that the actor's name is richard brake 
and he plays such a good creep. Oh, Dick Brick. <laughs> Dick Brick. <laughs> he, he's the same guy that that plays the Imperial officer in season two of The Mandalorian that uh, Bill Burr's <laughs> character shoots in that really dramatic scene across the table. Ooh, and, yeah. and and he was oh, great yeah. in this. He man. was. Just so creepy. Yeah. Did you know that the mother, the mutated woman, was played by a man? Oh, really? Yeah. Matthew, yeah, it was in a prosthetic. Matthew Patrick Davis uh, as the mother, a mutated woman born from rape and incest. Wow. I did not know that that was a man in that performance. Did you feel bad? Yes. For the mother yeah. at the end? Yes. And yes. then I cracked up when the directed by came oh, up the way immediately. That the- they don't let that sit at all. <laughs> I love the way they cut that in. I thought it was brilliant. I feel I wish like they wouldn't have gone back to footage right after that, though. I wish they would have kept with that hard cut at the end. I was a little bit disappointed when we went back to seeing more footage. Yeah, that felt like Raimi to me. I kept thinking like the character of Mother, the mutated woman. It was like Zach Kreger had watched the Goonies so many times and he's like, I'm really going to fuck sloth up in this (laughs) movie. Like, I'm going to give you the version of sloth you never thought you'd see. (laughs) Get this sloth with tits. (laughs) (laughs) Green light. (laughs) How much money do you need? Have you guys seen the uh, X-Files episode Hereditary? That's what this really reminded me of a lot. Or is it home? I think is what it's called. I never really got into the X-Files, Jake. Okay. There's an episode very similar to this plot line. Yeah. yeah. Did they ever explain the whole Airbnb mix-up? Or was that just really just a technical mix-up? It no, had, I think it's just like a takedown of like how Airbnb has become like shitty now. Yes. <laughs> like it's just because Love in the Villa came out like two weeks ago and it has like that exact same premise. So this just must be like the prevailing uh, like narrative going on about Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> that was what I thought, too, that it was like a meta nod and wink. Mm. How were the doors closing? What was your guys explanation for that? So, yeah. I talked with my I saw this with two friends. They loved it, too. Um, And we were kind of discussing that we kept waiting for like some confirmed like supernatural thing to be going on because of the way that the doors were closing. And like we were calling her the mole lady, which I feel a little bad about, but like we don't get her name. (laughs) Um, But like the way that the mole lady has like super strength. And I just said that like, I could basically take it as like, if you do enough like evil in a place, then it's just like, you know, evil supernatural vibes go there. (laughs) Well, didn't they say like, well, he said like she comes out at night, right? Yes. So do you think she's lurking around the house at night? Yes, that's what I think. I, I think that she would creep out at night, and when she'd go back in, she'd close the doors behind her. Yeah. That makes sense. I love that they don't actually ever show you that, so that you there is still this, like, <laughs> open door, no pun intended, to, like, is there supernatural stuff happening here? Because, like, she rips a dude's arm clean off. Right. <laughs> she gets hit by a car. She falls off a tower. <laughs> <laughs> they both do. 
She I don't know how the hell they, would, they survived that shit. <laughs> she took, that, she, that first time she got stuck in the basement, though, and then she like just tried the door and she's like, oh, really? And it's like, dude, put your foot into that thing. Like, oh, fuck, yeah. the, fuck this house. Fuck the Airbnb people. Kick this door open and leave. Yep. My <laughs> I, friend sitting next to me in the theater was like, kick it. Kick it down. Kick but, it the but, fuck. She was pissed that the door never gets kicked down in the movie. Well, but then it made sense after it was like, oh, this was this guy's, you know, like he had this fortified maybe. So maybe that was like, you know, an exterior door and in, you know, in an interior setting. Like maybe he made that door heavier and that's why it closes mm-hmm. of its own accord all the time. So now I'm writing fanfic, but <laughs> so Justin's long Justin Long's character plays like an an, an actor who gets accused of raping what's it the other star that got signed on yeah. to this movie and so at the beginning i'm thinking like like oh my god did like did this really happen it's confirmed yes like this guy raped yeah, he her straight up he like describes it in the bar yeah. like he's not describing the, that he the guy did. he's talking to in the bar that's the director Zach Kreger oh, oh. okay yeah, so like I was waiting for him to show up in this movie, and then I was like, okay, there's Zach. He's playing the friend, and so yeah, it's 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 confirmed. But he also owns this. You know, he's going to lose everything probably in you know this this lawsuit. You know, in order to pay the you know the lawyers and everything, and his career is just ruined. But he, he so he's trying to basically sell. Uh, his uh, properties that he's got. So he owns this Airbnb and he, he's, that's why he ends up showing up at this house. And, um, but I loved Justin Long. I loved him in Jeepers Creepers. I don't know what you guys thought about Jeepers Creepers. I loved that movie when it came out. I probably haven't seen it in 20 years, but I loved that movie. I just wasn't a big fan of Tusk. So it was nice to see, for me, it was nice to see Justin Long kind of like, you know, get a little bit of redemption back in horror with this movie because I thought it was fantastic. So, but, um, when he shows up and he goes, starts walking through the tunnels under the house and he comes upon Frank in the bed. I love the fact that we got the flashback and we know who this guy is. Like this yeah. is the yeah, guy the way that they stacked that in. Uh-huh. It worked perfectly because it's like now when we get there, you don't have any questions. But You're then like, again, oh my God, it was a huge swerve for me when Frank shoots him. Fu- shoots himself in the fucking head. Well, and I thought that it was like a really clever way to just go further into how shitty of a person Justin Long's AJ character is because, in like, until you until he sees the tapes, he's giving this man in these tunnels like every benefit of every doubt. And he's calling the woman that he already encountered like a thing. And in my mind, I'm like, if I see a captive woman and then also an old man who does not seem to be, you know, as captive, I'm thinking this man has something to do with it. But not Justin Long's character. (laughs) He thinks he's just going to help this old man and everything's great until he sees these tapes. And I'm like, oh, yeah, now you're horrified. But like you legit did basically the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I laughed at how much backwards walking he did, he did with the uh, tape measure. I thought that was oh, pretty hilarious. Oh my god! When stuff. he googled 
do underground dungeons count as square footage? I was rolling. Oh, me too. Me so too. Funny. Like they, like he's down in the tunnels and then they hard cut back to him on his computer doing a Google search. I <laughs> lost he's it. Pushing away a rape bed and kicking around cages so that he can take these measurements. I know. Bill Skarsgård's down there and he's just like horrified by what he sees. And like this guy is just like, holy shit, I've got more fucking square footage. <laughs> i don't know i need to watch this movie again maybe under the context of knowing what happens and knowing that it's potentially humorous on purpose i, I might like it a little bit more but i don't know i was just wanting a good old-fashioned horror movie i hadn't watched any trailers and i just was a little bit taken aback by how much comedy was in the second half i just don't think that this is your type of horror i think that you kind of line up with different types of horror and like this worked I mean, I this this just worked for me. I thought it was wonderfully directed and and written, and like I think the comedy when it hit, it really hit, and I I didn't mind the comedy in this, and I think it, it definitely was intentional. It's Zach Kreger from the Whitest Kids You Know. Yeah, I, I and I don't think it was like a crappily made movie by any means. It just I think you're right. Just the style didn't do it for me. Oh, I loved it so much. I want to own this movie. It was so Same. good. I want to show this movie to people who have never seen it. Yeah. Like over and over and over again. I want to bring them to my house, hold them captive in my basement and make them laugh at this movie. <laughs> <laughs> what did the name of this movie mean? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> it's it, well the, the barbarian treatment of of the people. I I almost felt well, like it wasn't it, it the, the street was Barbary Street or something, right? Mm. 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 Oh, okay. Mm. I totally didn't pick up on that, and they did say it several times. Yeah, they kept saying that the street was Barbary Street. Oh, that's really smart. Oh, my God. There's a fucking whitest kids, you know, sketch where like they're in like a pitch meeting for like this commercial and it's like this grape drink and they have a grape mascot. So like one of the whitest kids, you know, uh, comedy guys is dressed up like a big grape and um, he's (laughs) trying to get these kids excited about this grape drink and (laughs) and they show him the commercial and um the great man, he handcuffs these two kids to a radiator and he's like, he's like, I'm, he's like, I'm gonna grape you in the mouth. (laughs) (laughs) And, and then, and then, and then the guys in the pitch meeting that are like watching this, they like pause it and they're like, um, yeah, we've got some problems here. Uh, grape you in the mouth. Uh, and they're like, no, it, it's a, it's a drink. It's a, it's, it's a grape flavor and the kids are going to get graped in the mouth. Um, <laughs> then why do you have to tie them up? Why do you have to handcuff them to a radiator? <laughs> it is fucking hilarious. Anyway, I love this movie. Oh my God. The fucking, um, the milk bottle. You know that oh, milk that was so disturbing. <laughs> oh, Joe. So disturbing. And also, that couldn't have been sanitary. <laughs> no, of course not. Doubtful. <laughs> I don't oh. think I don't think she's I don't think she's uh, sanitizing boiling those nipples before she no. gives it to him, Joe. Well, and like, does she got a fridge down there? Where's the milk coming from? 
It's right. coming from her mutant tit. It's coming from. It's coming yeah. from her. It's coming. I did not think that. I did not think that that woman was actually able to breastfeed. Oh, okay. she's she's lactating. I they showed her doing it. Like we. Well, they, they, they showed her in position, but I don't know that I necessarily caught like you know liquid. I you, feel like Justin Long implied that that happened. Ooh, terrible. You asked. But it's like I have questions because where's the baby? Because those things can't stay full forever. It's because she keeps kidnapping Airbnb guests. <laughs> you think. Okay. Yeah, as long as. See, as long I thought as like this has nipples, to be the first time that. And I thought Just ask be, fucking like, Bobby De Niro and meet it. the Fockers. You can fucking milk anything. <laughs> I don't need to go too much further down this path, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought I can... one of the funniest moments was with the uh, like quasi homeless neighbor mm. talking about mm-hmm. uh, how he's been safe for fifteen years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that part was funny. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and another swerve, you know, we got the Bill Skarsgård swerve. We think that he's like, you know, the bad guy in this and everything. And and then, you know, that homeless guy, like chasing her down, like scaring her and having her like panic to open the door and get in the house. Like, yeah, he's just trying to help her. He's like, like, don't go in that fucking house. There's a mutant woman that will try to feed, (laughs) try to feed you her mutant breast milk later. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Never judge a book by its cover. I kept wondering, like, what are they eating down there? Oh, yeah, yeah that's a good point. Yeah. Taking food, maybe, from, from up in the house above? With- yeah. Maybe. I had questions about where the tunnel bathroom was, because that old man looked like he hadn't been able to get out of that bed for a while. There was, like, a bunch of buckets down there. I yeah. guarantee, like, they're, like, bucket system. filling out buckets and then, like, pouring them out somewhere. There's, <laughs> like, a Willy Wonka or Charlie's grandparent situation going on down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except Charlie doesn't have to suck on Grandpa's titty every night. <laughs> I, you never know. <laughs> Come over here, Charlie. Let me show you something. (laughs) I'm going to grape you in the mouth. Um. (laughs) You think the rating was in that Airbnb? Oh, my God. And nobody got to rate it, Tristan. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I loved it. I love it. I'm going to own this movie. I am absolutely going to own this movie. And I'm looking forward to whatever Zach Kreger does next. I'm like, it's doing really well as far as like reviews. Uh, critics review for Unrotten Tomatoes, it's at 92% with 93 reviews and over 500 ratings, verified ratings for the audience, which it's at 74%, which is still considered fresh. So I think it's doing quite well. And it was a hit. It was actually premiered at San Diego Comic Con, and people were raving about this when they got to see it there. Oh, I'm curious wow. what the budget was in this? Um, That's a good question. Looks like it Didn't was ten. It was ten point five million. Is what oh, I'm they're going to make their money back? Oh yeah, easily. Already, already did. I bet. Easily. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh my God. I loved it. I loved it. I loved, you know, and here's the thing. I personally, Joe, did not see a single trailer for this. I posted the trailer on the PCL Facebook page, but I avoided it. Oh, shit. I think the first trailer I saw for this might have been ahead of men. I didn't see I didn't see it in the theater at all. I I can't believe this is like the one movie trailer I did not see in the theater. Yeah, dude, I saw it several times. If I saw a trailer for this. It didn't stick out to me in any way because I actually put this movie on my watch list after I saw Justin Long post on Instagram that this is one of his like proudest career moments is his performance (laughs) in this film. And I think that that is hilarious and I love that for him. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that is. uh, Any final thoughts on Barbarian before we before we get out of here and talk about Medieval? I I just love it. I I can't wait to own it. And you know, horror is not always my main genre. And so to to have a movie hit this well for me, it's it's pretty exciting. I can't wait to to show this to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can basically just second that, and I don't need to add anything else. Yeah, Jake. In the when we talk medieval, not a word. <laughs> no, I won't. I won't say anything. I promise. You I mean, after this review, you probably don't want me talking anyway. <sighs> but you didn't. And I promise to make a lot of noise, Brian. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate. No, I appreciate your honesty, Jake. It's like you know, not everybody. Oh, I know you do. I yeah. know you do. I'm, I'm making a joke. Yeah, not everybody's gonna love it, man. It's all you know. It's all subjective and shit, especially horror, you know. But man, this just had like, you know, I like a lot of different types of horror, and like this just had like a. A new, it's like Zach Kreger just brought like a new flavor to horror. And man, I hope that he kind of sticks with this genre, man. And I, I think it's, I'm loving seeing, you know, uh, guys coming from like comedy troops, you know, you know, we had Key and Peel and then we, Jordan Peel's just been killing it. And then like, it's crazy that another guy from, from comedy is like now doing horror. I like wonder, like, I just never would have put that together. I, I didn't know it spiral, right? It, it's it's wild. I, I, I and I never would have thought like, like that. Zach Krager could have brought us this. Like I know him and Trevor Moore are like super talented with writing sketch comedy, but I had no idea that he he could bring us something like this. And so I'm I'm really looking forward to like this guy's career as a as a writer and director because like he did a, a comedy on TBS. Where it's like people are a comedy about where people are stranded on an island, and I watched the first season, and I watched it for him, and I did enjoy it. But man, I think he's just so um, multi-talented, being able to write and direct this. So yeah, I saw that show. Was it just called Stranded? I think so. Yeah, it was a little bit of a lost parody. Exactly. Right? Yep, that's exactly yeah, yeah. what it was. That, that show was pretty funny. It was funny. I, I didn't get to see the second season, but I enjoyed that first season quite a bit. But. Yeah, we're kind of all over the place with this one, but it sounds like the majority of us did love it. So this is one that I'd say, like, if you are a fan of horror and uh, you do want to see something different, I highly recommend seeing this one in the theaters. There's really not a lot out right now. So, yeah, if you've already seen Top Gun Maverick, you know, 12 times in the theater and you don't care to see Spider-Man again, see Barbarian. Spider-Man again, but longer, but longer. And yeah, <laughs> I, I have no, 
desire to see that in the theater again, Jake. I saw it like five times. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I saw it, I think, four times in the theater, and I watched it once at home mm-hmm. since it was put out. Yeah. And yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I like it enough, but I feel like I need three, four years. Yeah. I think like the next movie I'm really looking forward to is uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, and it's I'm I am looking forward to Halloween uh, Halloween ends, but I'm also fucking scared to death that it's going to be like not good, like the second one. <laughs> so, no, I'm sure. very I'm very excited for the menu. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I am looking forward to the menu, and uh, I and the debacle of Don't Worry, Darling. I mean, I can't look away. <laughs> what's the debacle i just there's so much drama with the the director olivia wilde and harry styles and florence Pugh. there's tons of drama behind that it's i don't a drama machine <laughs> i don't know any of that so. very troubled be, production be glad hmm sounds, okay. sounds like florence Pugh may have had to direct herself during a lot of the movie because Olivia Wilde was too busy wooing Harry Styles during the making of it. And, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's like, we could, we could do a whole podcast about the drama behind that movie right now. Um, I recorded a Patreon episode with heroes of noise about this drama. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. I may have seen like top an- it off. Didn't Jason Sudeikis serve her with divorce papers during like the, festival or something that like happened that. as well like if i were to tell the tale that would be the prelude <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the yeah i mean we don't have to get all into it but like i think for me it really starts when olivia wilde says that she fired shia labeouf from this movie replaces him with harry styles starts dating him and then has to get a divorce <laughs> and then shia labeouf shows up with the receipts like no bitch i quit <laughs> Yeah, that was crazy that he had the emails and the voice messages and oh boy, yikes! This is a real bad look for shady shit on video. It's a real bad look for Harry Styles right now too. I think I it's the most bad press I've ever seen Harry Styles get. Yikes! I know none of this. This is insane. Yikes! It's it's so you nice. No, there's, there's gonna be a spit on Chris Pine. This. Yeah. And there's definitely big time beef between Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde now. Like, and she said so much nice stuff about her before making the movie. And then there's all kinds of subtle jabs at each other after making the movie. So it's, it's wild. There's so much drama. It's Olivia Wilde. More than Florence Pugh as well. Correct. That's insane. Um, I made the joke that like, we'll someday get like, uh, the offer style, series about how don't worry darling got made except for apparently the movie's not that good but i don't think that's going to matter to the box office now everybody's oh, it's all gonna hyped be, it's up. gonna be a massive <laughs> hit now yeah oh, you think so all press is good press i i sincerely believe that and it's going to have a huge opening weekend hmm. i actually like watch the the trailer before one of these movies and i was like oh you know what this don't look it doesn't look that bad so I, <laughs> good trailer it, do, it does look good yeah. yeah yeah all right let's end this fucker um we will uh you'll uh yeah if you stick around you'll be able to hear our thoughts on the movie medieval so stick around everything has changed for the worse. i need your help if you choose to fight you may die Kings may be 
still make the mistakes of men. Are you insane? Pray for this kingdom. Medieval Rated R. All right. Hey, welcome back. Uh, this part of the podcast, we're going to be talking about another movie out in theaters right now. This one is Medieval. And uh, if you didn't listen to our Barbarian bu- review, we are going to be rating this movie as well. And this is our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, synopsis. I'm going to get a lot of names in this wrong. Hmm. I can't... (laughs) There's a lot of names I'm not going to be able to pronounce, guys. I apologize. But synopsis for Medieval. As feuding brothers battle for control of the throne, daring and righteous mercenary leader... John Ziska embarks on a mission to kidnap Lady Catherine, the fiancé of a powerful lord. As Catherine becomes caught in a dangerous political game between monarchs, Jan falls in love with her brave, strong spirit and dedication to saving the people. In an attempt to liberate her, he fights back with a rebel army, battling the corruption, greed, and betrayal that runs rampant among those clawing for power. Instructed by uh, Pieter Jacquel and... Uh, yeah, um, saw this one in the theater actually just last night, and I'm going to start off with uh, our ratings of this one, and I'll start off uh, with you, Tristan. What did you think about Medieval? Hmm, okay. So, uh, I didn't have the highest expectations for this film, um, and I went into it, and it's, it's very hard for me to rate it because I can't really say I enjoyed this movie, but I also didn't really hate it because it's it's a movie that has all the right pieces of a good medieval film. Like I have some really good actors, some good cinematography. The direction was good. Um, there are some really good shots in it. Um, but overall, I feel like they just made a piece of crap. Like I really can't like explain how. It's just seems like all the right pieces were there, but it just didn't turn into a good movie for me. I think their entire budget went to Michael Caine. <laughs> um, there was some bad ADR like that just bothered me. Um, there was just times when, when there was dialogue and, and it wasn't matching the mouths, and that was just bothering me. Uh, I, I swear there was a part in the movie where they rewound, they rewound the footage or like fast-forwarded the footage and... And just to make it look like someone was talking, <laughs> that bothered the fuck out of me, too. Um, I didn't hate it, though. Like, it was just, like, okay. Like, I got through it. I wasn't sitting there looking at my watch or anything, but it just didn't do anything for me. Um, they had a character in there that I just called a medieval Loki. Um, there was another guy in there that that um, seemed so committed, like, to the film. Like, everyone was, like, so committed. The actors were good. And I think they were all going there to make a great film, but it just didn't happen for me. And, and I still can't really tell you what the fuck happened in the movie. <laughs> so my ratings are low tasted. Dude, that's like, that's seriously a super fair rating, to be quite honest with you. Like, yeah. for me, okay, yeah, the, there's big, like, for me, the big draw to this movie was Ben Foster. I'm a big Ben Foster yeah. fan. Yeah. And I was like, okay. 
everything that I've ever seen Ben Foster in, I've enjoyed. I've really enjoyed Ben Foster. I did not enjoy him in this movie at all. Like, and I'm blown away by that. I'm just like, he brought nothing to this movie. I felt like maybe he was going to have some sort of like, maybe pick up an accent or something. And he just sounds like Ben Foster. (laughs) It is the weirdest decision for him just to speak as, you know, like, you know, just using his regular voice. It is just the most bizarre decision. This movie is so weird because I've never watched a movie like where it's like one moment. I'm just like, this is so awesome. These battles are so awesome. And then like the next moment I'm watching the movie, I'm just like, this is so fucking boring. What's going on? (laughs) Who the fuck are these two old dudes talking to each other? Um, And then it was like, oh, fuck, this is an awesome action scene. And then it's just like, oh, fuck, the movie's boring again. I don't know what's going on now. And then it's like, it's just back and forth, back and forth throughout the entire movie. And by the end of it, I was just like, thank God this movie's over. Holy <laughs> shit. Ah, it's a, it's a low taste it for me, too. Um, yeah, I did not enjoy this movie. So um, I did think that some of the action scenes were pretty awesome. And then some of them were just filmed like the camera movements were just kind of bizarre in some of them. And I just couldn't follow what the fuck was going on. But then some of them were shot so well, it was so bizarre. It was, it was was so bizarre. Like there were some scenes and some shots where it looked like you were watching this epic, uh, masterpiece. And then others where it just looked like you were watching something on TV, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it was, it was so bizarre. It Um, was so like some, some fight scenes too, where I think they just tried to mask, uh, the volume of it, so it was just a smoke everywhere. You just saw people in the smoke just tussling with each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, what did you think about uh, Medieval? I liked this movie more than you guys did, and I also liked it more than I expected it to. I'm going to give it a high taste it. Uh-huh. Um, I do not understand how when this movie started you can just see that like there's money here like there there's money on the screen the the set design the production design the sound design i think is good i agree that there's like some adr and like editing weirdness because at some points i'm like i don't know what's going on in this movie anymore (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like the, somehow they're like explaining the whole plot and I'm still getting lost. So I think that's an issue with the post-production. Um, but I never saw one trailer for this. Like I wouldn't have even known that this movie existed if it didn't get put on this list. Um, I also spoiler talked about it on Cinecast this week, but without these two podcasts, like this movie would have been non-existent to me. And I think that that's so weird considering it obviously cost a lot of money to make. Um, but yeah, I was also in a grumpy mood when I went into the theater because Amazon canceled paper girls. And so I was like, the last thing I want to do is watch men fight each other for two hours and six minutes. How could this movie possibly be this long? And then I was completely engaged with the whole thing. And I have to give a big shout out to Sophie Lowe who plays Catherine. Cause I think that she is incredibly good in this movie. Yeah, I, I think like, you know, I was upset that Paper Girls was canceled too, but this movie did nothing to ease my pain. It actually probably made me 
angrier. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm so bummed that it had the. Yeah, it kind of like I went in there being like, I'm pissed off. I'm going to stay pissed off because I bet this movie's not good. And then I was like, oh, actually. It's better than I thought. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, we just saw an amazing performance from Matthew Good in The Offer, and he does nothing in this fucking movie. And he has like highlights for what oh, reason? Oh shit! I didn't even realize that was the thing. <laughs> oh, that it's him. It's him. Oh, yes, and he's wow. got. You're right. He's got Guy Fieri highlights <laughs> in his hair, and he's like, "Let me take you to medieval town." <laughs> and uh, Joe. What did you think of this movie? Uh, so I, I saw this on Thursday at a 7 p.m. showing, and I was the only person in, in my auditorium. Me too. And me too. I, it, was a, <laughs> it was a Friday. Nobody was there but me. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. And it, it worked out really well because then there was nobody in there to offend when I kept pulling out my phone to check what time it was. Um, <laughs> Because <laughs> um, with with the exception of of a handful of the fight scenes in it, and and you know some of the performances, uh, but uh, overall this movie is really boring. Like I I don't know if I would ever watch it again. Uh, I just don't see anything redeeming enough in it. And what's wild is that Ben Foster's playing this like actual historical figure, uh, Jan Ziska. Uh, apparently, like in this guy's future, he becomes a, the Bohemian military commander, and he never loses a battle. And this film is set prior to the Hussite Wars when Ziska was young. And it's like, well, why didn't you tell the more exciting story about when he's doing these big battles and not losing shit? Because I understand that that all the characters around the you know the the I guess you'd call them the peasants or whatever they all love this guy. Why? They, they don't do anything to tell us why. I mean, I understand that he grew up in that area. His father seemed to have been well regarded. He had a sword hanging on the wall that somebody important gave to him. But they, they do nothing to tell you, the viewer who knows nothing about Zizka, why these people feel this way about him. And, and Ben Foster, uh, Brian, you said you've liked him and everything else he's been in. I'm, I'm in that same camp. And – I was kind of hoping that the one scene that they always show over and over in the trailer with him just like stony faced, like beating somebody to death with a mace. And that's really kind of his performance in this whole movie. It's very stoic to the point where it's it's like I want to like this guy because he's my main character. And, yeah, he's a badass and, and he seems to have a good moral compass. But there's nothing in the performance really that's making me want to like him beyond where the plot of this movie is placing him. And I was I was shocked that he didn't affect affect any sort of accent. <laughs> like it was mind blowing to me that every, like other people around him are. And it's like, dude, your name is Jan Ziska and, <laughs> and you're in Bohemia. Like you're not going to talk like, like, uh, but okay. Okay. Um, the, the other performances around him, I thought were, were actually pretty good. Um, uh, uh, what, what, what was, it was Sophie. Sophie Lowe. Sophie Lowe's performance, I thought, was really good. You could really kind of feel a lot of the emotion with her. Um, a lot of this movie where they kept leaning on the, you know, the, the, the king is appointed by God. And so, therefore, anything the king or the king's men is doing is God's will. I thought this film did a really good job of illustrating how just terribly evil that is. Like, at every turn, every village they go to or bend in the road, there's either someone hanging from a tree or 
stuck on a stick somewhere. So it's really bad times. And this movie, for all this stuff going on around it, still manages to be boring. And <laughs> it, it just blew my mind that it was that dull. And I had a lot of high hopes going into it because the trailers did look really cool. This is this is a genre that that I really click with and I always have. And it, it was it was a letdown. I gave it a low taste because I did enjoy the action scenes that hit that really worked, you know. And then also I felt like the villain was a good villain throughout this, like that that leader of that group that was hired. What was yeah, it? that guy was great. He I was a, looking up his IMDb because I was like, I had to have seen him in other stuff, but yeah. I hadn't seen anything else he was in. I think for um, me, he was like the standout because it was like, okay, now it's like at least it's it's a good villain that I want to see this guy get taken down. You know, like I hope this yeah. guy fucking, uh, you know, gets yeah. his comeuppance because, you know, he's been a great <laughs> villain this entire movie. So, and that was one of the good performances, too. That's uh, Roland Moeller as Torok. Yeah. Ro- oh, doesn't that just sound like a bad guy, Torok? <laughs> it does. <laughs> it sounds like a He-Man villain, doesn't it? You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it kind of goes to what I was saying, was that all the right pieces were there. Like, there were great actors. And, and I feel kind of bad for them because you know they were going to set every day, like, thinking they were making something great. Mm-hmm. Like, they probably went to... S- so they're telling their friends and family, like, I'm making this medieval film. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. It's the next this. It's the next that. <laughs> they had no idea it was going to turn into this. Oh, I know. And and um, what was the deal? Like, there's this whole, like, story about, you know, Ben Foster's character of Jan and, like, his brother who kind of, like, stays behind and just is, like, a... I don't know, lives out in the woods is maybe like a forager or something and a hunter or something. And then they have like this big falling out between the two of them, which I feel like, you know, they haven't seen each other in a long time anyway. Like, like Ben Foster goes off to fight, you know, these battles and shit like that. But um, then he draws the attention of this group that ends up killing. uh his uh, brother's son and they kind of just stay angry at each other throughout the entire movie and nothing's resolved. Nothing's, I mean, I'm not saying it has to get resolved, but like they don't, do they ever follow up with any of the stuff that's going on between him and his brother? It just kind of just is put by the wayside. No. <laughs> no, they, they didn't, they didn't follow up on any of that at all. And I also felt like they didn't explain well enough the, the the backstory that he had with the, the the girl getting killed yeah oh yeah anna yeah i had no idea what was going on with that either but then when i as soon as i started thinking like oh they didn't finish that i'm like i don't even care well <laughs> wasn't wasn't she that was like his sister right maybe i think it was his yeah, they never sis- clarify if it's like his family or like a i think that Catherine thinks that it's like a like a love yeah, like a like a wife or something. Okay. <laughs> well, I I thought I thought it was a girl, uh, either his younger sister or a girl that he knew that had. Didn't she? She shot down like a hawk or something. Yeah, she killed a mm-hmm. hawk, and so like a passing knight, I think, hung her. Yeah, because like it was against the king's law, and a knight hung her, and the his father basically said like you know. That's the king's law, and we obey the king's law, and this—that's just how it was. 
And I was just like, okay, well, all right. That's, I'm glad we threw that story in there for some reason. <laughs> and then the, the ridiculous, and I don't know if it's historical or not, but the ridiculous kind of like almost kiss that they have, him and Catherine, I was just like... Oh, I ate that shit up. Where is this coming from? <laughs> like, I, I thought it was very unearned as well. Very unearned. Um, I just, I, I felt like it, it was well placed there because you see that he's like not your typical warrior. Like it's, he's much softer. He's like planting seeds at all the bodies. The thing that threw me off a little bit is I thought at the beginning when he was offering what, like the what is going on? What is that noise? Person. Oh, I think that might be my air conditioning. Uh, uh, do you hear that? Yeah. It sounded like a ringtone or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, like gentle piano music. <laughs> I thought maybe we're listening. Maybe we're, someone's watching the scene of those two falling in love. Oh, <laughs> if it's a ringtone, it's not my air conditioning. That's just bad timing. <laughs> um, oh, but you see at the beginning, he like offers um, like the last living person of their enemies. He like offers that person the opportunity to like join them. And I thought that that was like a character beat for him, but it turns out at the end that that's like actually the rule of the land, which I'm like, okay, it's random. Um, but then you get to like see him, you know, not take it and join his enemies. But anyway, with the romance, like he is like this softer warrior. And so then when he meets this, this like young woman, Catherine, who's like not willing to stand by and let like peasant people be impaled or hung or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. He finally was like, all right, I'm going to fully break from the King's rule. And I'm going to take this girl to her father and like break some cycles here. And, like I mean, in the in in the I under I definitely like agree and understand where you're coming from that it like didn't make thematic sense or you weren't like emotionally following it like that. Like I was, I think, because I was really really into Sophie Lowe's performance as Catherine. Um, but I I'm not gonna like I'm not like offended that I liked them kissing and you guys didn't. You know. <laughs> yeah, it was just one of those things where it's like, yeah, I get why Jack and Rose fell in love with Titanic. But this ain't Titanic. <laughs> They're kindred spirits. Oh, I just, uh, <laughs> I just didn't. I wasn't buying it. What did you think of the frontier medicine in the cave? Oh man, I thought it was smart. Good thing we're watching Hot D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're getting lots of maggots and fantasy stuff lately. Mm. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was smart. I knew exactly what she was going to do, and I was like, "Oh, that's fucking gross!" But it's smart putting totally, yeah, fucking maggots on his face after he got cut up like that. But yeah, I thought like some of the battles were pretty awesome. With like the uh, they they had that uh, that with that fortified wagon, that fortified the wagon, all yeah. planned, and the, the oil and yeah, the the, the way that yeah. they kind of like added to it and made a shield and all that stuff. I thought it was. I thought it was uh, well filmed and well choreographed, and and uh, looked everything looked very expensive. But man, it just like you'd go from that scene where I'm like totally into it, and then into another scene of just like you know two old dudes talking or something. I'm just like fuck, <laughs> man. <laughs> like <laughs> I thought all the intrigue stuff was incredibly boring. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Mm. 
I don't know if I gave a rating earlier. It was a low taste it for me as well. Yeah. Some yeah. of those battle scenes, I could I could almost see myself looking some of those up on YouTube and rewatching them because that scene with the wagon mm-hmm. was really cool. The opening scene on it, I thought, was very good. Um, mm-hmm. Dude, that thing with the wagon, what a brilliant strategy because he had so few people with him and against such high odds. And it yeah. was a great way to to – I don't know to to work against that. I thought it was all brilliantly done, but you've got the but yeah. Then it goes into two old dudes talking. Yeah, it's so boring. And the, you've got the one kid who kind of like helps him out and shows, you know, gets him off the off the tree. He's kind of like uh, strapped to the tree. Gets him off the tree, shows him where you know they've taken her, and and um, I mean. Later on, that young boy is being hung up. They're going to kill him. And, you know, Catherine's running down the hill and he's like, oh, fuck, here we go. I got to He's like, I got to take on multiple. I'm talking like, you know, five or six, seven soldiers. And he goes, I thought that that fucking battle between him and those soldiers was pretty badass because he was I mean, he was still fucked up from earlier and he's still taken out quite a few of them. And I thought that that was a very cool fight scene as well. But man, yeah, I I agree, and he really gets his ass kicked in that one too. Yeah, and and I thought it was wild that that she then actually steps in and actively participates, and and that was another one of those scenes where you see the townsfolk really standing up for him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I wish they would have explored that more. Like, wh- why are these people so endeared to him? Yeah, I'd be really curious to hear the thoughts of somebody who is from this area that grew up hearing stories about this person and to, you know, the point where this was, you know, this was their Robin hood. This was their local, you know, legendary historical figure. I wonder what they would think having grown up under that lens, how, how they would view a picture like this. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting. You know, it's like, you know, because you, you hear about, you know, the, the men that fought in world war two watching, uh, um, oh God, what's the Tom Hanks Spielberg movie? Band of Brothers. No, that's or, the or show. Saving Private Saving Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, they're watching Save It Private Ryan and they're just like, oh, you know, that's, oh my God, they, they, like, they're brought to tears because, like, that's what it was like. And I know, like, none of the people watching this would be, like, from this time. This is the 14th century, but they, you know, they've grown up with these stories and they know the history. And yeah, it'd be interesting, Joe. Yeah, because I don't know. I think of like historical figures like um, like Miyamoto Musashi in Japan, where he was a very legendary figure. And I've had Japanese friends tell me that you know I've gotten two sides of a coin on that, where it's like, oh, he's this legendary figure, and other people are like, oh, you know, historically this and that. It would be really curious to 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 hear what somebody local thought of that. I thought I was going to love this movie. Same here, <laughs> especially with the trailer. The trailer made it look like it was much more action packed than it is. And I've watched it and I still it's like I can follow the action for the most part. But like I still could not tell you 100 percent everything that happens in this movie. Like if you wanted me to break it down and be like, so what's the what's the plot? Like what what is everything that happens in this movie? I couldn't give you many names and I couldn't tell you beat for beat exactly what is going on in every scene of this movie. It'd be impossible for me. 
yeah, they just didn't do a very good job of of laying all that out because it's like there's there's so many kings involved, mm-hmm. and then there's a there's a new pope that has something to do with it, and they got to get this guy to the pope, and they need this other guy to pay for it. He's not going to want to pay for it, and so we need to kidnap his wife to make him pay for it. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> Oh man, Melissa, you like this a lot more than us. Could you explain the entire movie and everything that happened, please? No, I'm okay. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm so, kidding. Scene one. <laughs> we end. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I will say that there was. I had a hard time following like the changing of the plans and the differing alliances, and the biggest one was when they're about to do their kiss, and he gets like snatched up. That is, I think, his own men turning on her, turning on him because they don't want. So he has a change of heart and he's like, I'm removing this young woman out of this equation, which she should have never been in the first place. He didn't want to kidnap her to begin with. So he's like, I'm going to take her to her uncle, who's the king of France. And if that fucks up my king's plans, I don't care about that anymore. Like, good for you, sir. But his men are like little weak bitches because they're like, we can't wait to get paid. We want to get paid soon. So they turn on him and steal her. And then later someone asks him where he is where she is excuse me and he says oh she's being delivered you know where she's supposed to be by my men and i was sitting in the theater like what you guys got ambushed what do you mean those are your men it literally took me like 20 more minutes of the movie to be like oh they turned on him (laughs) like i feel like that's very pivotal and the movie just like doesn't care if you know that or not didn't they beat the shit out of him yeah, and I want. I remember being like, "These enemies are dumb as fuck for leaving oh, him alive." See, okay, I realized I knew that it was his man. Oh, I did. Gotcha. I did. It took me a long time. It was very. I'm not surprised that people would. Be, I'm not surprised that you were confused though, because there was a lot in this movie that confused me. So, I think really what it is is that when I looked, I I didn't see a trailer, but I looked at the cast list briefly and there's like two women and I was like, I'm going to be annoyed. And then when one of those women is Catherine and she has, she has a very strong point of view and she has a lot of agency in this movie. I was very excited by that and very into it. So I think that because the movie exceeded my expectations there, it exceeded my expectations wholly. Am I the only one that was comparing this movie to, and I know that they take place in two different times with different sets of, um, you know, people, but I kept comparing it to Last of the Mohicans. Oh, shit. I've never seen that. Oh, you need to. Oh, what a treat. If you've seen, yes, if you've never seen Last of the Mohicans, directed by Michael Mann, comes out in 1992, Daniel Day-Lewis, it is one of the best movies ever made. And I kept comparing this to this because, you know, like, um, you know, uh, down to, Joe, down to um, uh, the woman at the end jumping off that cliff. Yes, yeah, yeah, say say no more because... Yeah, Melissa, you will love... Okay, let me sell this to you real quick. <laughs> there, there's two concurrent love stories going on in this movie. One of them with Daniel Day-Lewis's character, which I will give a little part away. They're 
hiding behind a waterfall. The enemy is closing in on him. He knows that they're not going to kill the women, but they will kill him and his brother. And so he holds her close and says, no matter what, stay alive. I will find you. And then dives out the fucking cave through the waterfall. And then he does come back to find her and rescue her. I love it. I'm in. (laughs) And also the movie, the the cinematography in it, the locations, everything. It's a fucking brilliant movie. It is. It is. I, I, Joe, I saw that movie in the theater as a kid, and my mind was blown. Just of just just what an amazing movie that was, and and um, the set pieces, like when they're behind that fort and they set the fort on fire, and um, oh my god, it's just just incredible, and like. You know he's he's a he's a uh, white man that has lived with them and 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 learned from these Native Americans and I loved his uh, father figure and then his brother and oh my god his dad with that big old fucking sword or whatever that he yeah, uses yeah that, that club thing that yes. he fights with is incredible and that <sighs> that British officer that you want to hate yes but I know uh, he just ends up being just an incredible character I know. and. Oh, oh, the movie's so... I, I'm going to have to fucking rewatch it now. <laughs> it's so... Melissa, please, like, do yourself a service and watch The Last of the Mohicans. I'm telling yeah, you, you will, you, will, you will love that movie. And I kept comparing this to that, and it's just not even close to being on the same level of that movie. And the reason I kept doing that is because it was just like, you've got the... The woman who is kind of like being torn between two different um, groups of people, and then the the one guy that's actually kind of like looking out for her, right, Joe? Yes. Yeah, I can I can see that comparison there, and the fact that it is a period piece, also. Yeah. And 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 locations as well. This that's one thing I didn't say earlier about this movie. That this that really has going for it. This has beautiful locations in it. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, it's a low taste. I really don't have anything more to say about this one. I really don't. It's uh, it's very, uh, for the most part, aside from the action scenes and you know a couple of the performances, it's very forgettable and uneventful. Sadly, and I don't think that it's like. I mean, when you when you're dealing with like true history like this, I think like at, by the end of it, you should be like, wow, I really feel like I know a little bit more of this history a lot better seeing it on film. And I feel like this movie kind of like doesn't succeed in that. Like, I feel like (laughs) I I feel like I went into a classroom and I've got like the most boring teacher explaining this to me. And history is boring. Fuck man. It's like, and history should be exciting, you know? And yeah, this just didn't do it for me. Mm. Yeah, yeah, an absolute dud. R- real bummer. All right. Any final thoughts on Medieval? Watch it if there's nothing else on. <laughs> we do, but do people? <laughs> but do people watch it in the theater, Tristan? <laughs> no, definitely not. Right. Um, but you know what? Like, I, I, I gave it a low tasted because it's not an awful movie. <laughs> it's like right. any stretch of imagination, like, like. All the technical components are there, so like it did look pretty beautiful on the big screen mm-hmm. and many um, many scenes. But yeah, it's, it's just one of those 
yeah, if you got A list, if you got Movie Pass, I know that's coming back. Like, yeah, go ahead and see it if you if you've seen everything else. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. I want to thank you for I don't know reviewing whatever the <laughs> what we watched. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, where can people find you, man? Yeah, you can find me on my podcast, Startcast. I do long-form conversations with people. New episodes drop every Saturday. You can also find me on Twitter, at the Tubby Ninja. Or if you're into apocalyptic zombie-type stories, I have a book called I Become Death that is available on iTunes, Audible, and Amazon. And Melissa, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, Mel Yellow, or hosting the Wild Pretty Things podcast. Well, co-hosting it. <laughs> Look at you trying to take all the credit for that fucking show. I know. Jeez. I never do. Oh wow. All right. Yeah, I'd be embarrassed too. Tristan, where can I'm kidding. Tristan, <laughs> where, yes. where, where can people find you, sir? You can find me here on PCL sometime. There you um, go. I, I think you can also find me on Starcast pretty soon, right, Joe? That's right. Looking forward to that, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. Uh, Stick around because uh, I don't know how I'm going to be when re- what order I'm going to be releasing these, but we're also doing a D23 episode, so uh, you'll yeah I'll probably re- you'll probably see the D23 episode on uh, as a later episode in the feed. But thank you so much, and until next week, we'll talk to you later. See ya.